Welcome to Hearth to Hearth, a home for sensitive souls, sparking self-discovery and belonging through the healing power of warm-hearted conversations. I'm Jessica. And I'm Janelle. What began as voice notes between two friends navigating life and motherhood has blossomed into a podcast and community. Join us each week as we ask the question, how can we come home to ourselves? Our conversations are filled with deep feelings, vulnerability, empathy, and a dose of laughter. So cozy up with some tea and gather around the hearth for warm-hearted conversations that will leave you feeling inspired and less alone. Welcome to Hearth to Hearth. Hi, Jess. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's so nice to see you. It's been a while since we did this. It has been a while. It feels like a really long time that we've been connected. So I'm so excited to chat. Me too. too. Well, we thought we'd just kind of catch up today. There's lots of things that we've been wanting to tell each other and share about that we haven't gotten a chance to in the past couple of weeks. So we thought we'd do it here. Yes. A good catch-up episode. Perfect. I love a catch-up. So I really, I know we've been texting a little bit and doing a little bit of voice notes and about kind of what's been going on for us the past couple of weeks. And one of the things I really wanted to share with you kind of is a follow-up to our presence and playfulness episode. Yes. I can't wait to hear. I, you've been giving me little snippets, but little snippets. I'm, I'm excited to hear the full the full lowdown. I feel like before we dive in, we should take a deep breath together. How does that sound? Okay. Okay, ready? Sounds good. Okay. Inhale through your nose. Exhale out your mouth. Let's take two more. Inhale. And exhale. And one more. Inhale through your nose. Exhale out your mouth. Hmm, I needed that. So did I. <laughs> you could tell. <laughs> Too much coffee sometimes. It's, it happens. It's a, it's a slippery slope. It is. <laughs> so in our presence and playfulness episode, we were talking a lot about trying to get out of our heads and into our hearts and our bodies. And we this was more of an inquiry. We were having lots of questions about this and we were <laughs> having not as many answers. <laughs> and it was so interesting because after we recorded that episode, I started a new book. It's The Secret Power of Yoga by Nishala Joy Devi. And there's a lot of answers to our questions in it. It's really cool. There's a lot of parallels to what we were talking about. So I thought I'd have a little bit of a yoga yoga nerd moment this morning Let's and it. share some with you because I it's really been resonating with me and it's really been helping me get out of my head and, and live from my heart, which is what we were talking so much about in that episode. Yes. I can't wait to hear. Okay, so this book, The Secret Power of Yoga by Nishala Joy Devi, it's a woman's guide to the heart and spirit of the yoga sutras. And it's really, really interesting. I have read the yoga sutras before. We studied them in our yoga teacher training, and they've always been very interesting to me 
but I haven't connected with them in the way that I am reading this book because she has a really different approach. Her approach is a very feminine interpretation of the Yoga Sutras. And she specifically uses language that's very heart-centered. So she uses the terms consciousness and heart when the customary translations of the Yoga Sutras would be mind and thoughts. Mm, which so was, the thoughts are the heart and the consciousness is the mind? Yeah. And I don't know if she does it like direct like that, oh, but okay. she it's like her interpretation that way. So, But yeah, often um, she'll just substitute those in. And her interpretations in general, they – So the Yoga Sutras are originally written in Sanskrit, and there's a lot of different translations of those out there. And hers are very different. They don't kind of directly correlate to ones that I've heard or read before. Hers are very much her own interpretation and very much from an intuitive, heart-centered, feminine perspective. And she does this intentionally. and. It's I'm connecting with them so much more than any of the yoga sutras I've read before. So it's really, really interesting. And she, this is all very intentional in the way that she has translated these. And it's really cool because throughout the book, she translates the sutras. So they're all these little phrases um, that can help guide us on our yoga path, the yoga sutras. And she takes these sutras and translates them. And then she breaks some of them down and talks about what they mean and her interpretation of them and gives little stories to go with them. But she also gives practices that help you experience the sutra which is really cool. And that's been helping me a lot. So I thought it was so interesting though that she is using consciousness and heart instead of mind and thoughts because that's what we one of the things that we were saying in that episode. Right. And I read this after, but – It we, came right after though. So right after. Sign. Yeah, yeah, the universe was like, here you go. Just read this book. And you know, I don't know if this ever happens to you, but you just end up with a book that you either buy or like come across and you're like, wait, I don't even remember like did I – how I – like was I searching for this? Did I? I know right. I ordered this, but I and it was one of those it things where I was like, shelf yeah, it just kind hands. of yeah, <laughs> it just ended up with it. And so, I in the presence and place playfulness episode, we were saying that the word mindfulness wasn't even really connecting with what it was that we were trying to create in our days because we were really you used the word heartful, which was so sweet. We were really wanting to connect more to that heart space and get out of our minds and not be overthinking and overanalyzing things, but rather be in our bodies and in our hearts and going through our days from that space. And then I thought it was so interesting that that's really the way that she's approached these yoga sutras. But there is a practice in here that I've been connecting to that I really wanted to share with you because it's been so helpful to me in those moments where I notice that I'm in my head. And mm-hmm. I that was one of the questions that we had in presence and playfulness. Like we were noticing it. I was noticing it that I was like really wanting to be more present, but I didn't have answers for like how to shift it in the moment. And this practice has really been helping me. So I wanted to share it with you. So this is connected to um, a few sutras in particular. And um I'm going to share one. One is yoga is the uniting of consciousness in the heart. And that's traditionally 
translated as kind of controlling the mind. And instead, she translated as uniting consciousness in the heart, which I really understand to be like bringing your awareness to your heart. Mm -hmm. And that's what Mm -hmm. she, that's like how she defines yoga and the practice of yoga, not just on our mats, but in our lives. And I connect to that so deeply because it's so hard to control your thoughts. And there's lots of mindfulness practices that you can do to be aware of your thoughts and watch them float by like clouds and not react to them. Right. But the idea of just taking your awareness and bringing it to your heart and that being yoga, I connect with so deeply. So that is um, her translation of the Sutra 1.2. Yoga is the uniting of consciousness in the heart. And then um, she has another one. Her translation of Sutra 1.3 is, United in the heart, consciousness is steadied, then we abide in our true nature, joy. Mm. And that brings in that joy piece. And so she kind of takes those um, couple of sutras and she has this practice that I've been doing and I've been kind of doing it formally, but then also trying to weave it throughout my day. And so she, it's called experiencing your true nature as love. So it's her, this practice that she shares is experiencing your true nature as love. And this can be done kind of formally, almost as a meditation. And so I've been practicing that. I've also been doing it while I do my asana, my on the mat yoga practice, but I've been kind of connecting to it throughout my day. So she shares kind of coming into a quiet place and taking some deep breaths and then bringing your awareness to the center of your heart and just noticing as your consciousness and as your awareness gets pulled out of your heart center and every time you feel your consciousness get pulled out of your center, out of your heart, repeating, yoga is the uniting of consciousness in the heart. I abide in my own true nature, joy. And you can do this as a formal practice. So sitting in meditation and each time you feel your consciousness get pulled out of your heart center, saying again to yourself, yoga is the uniting of consciousness in the heart. I abide in my own true nature, joy. And I've been remembering this mantra throughout my day. And every time I feel myself overthinking or having anxiety about the future or worries or noticing that I'm just like not present, I've been saying this mantra to myself and I feel myself drop into my heart space. Mm -hmm. And I feel my actions kind of coming from that space instead of from my mind. And the other thing that it has been doing is that last piece, I abide in my own true nature, joy. And so when I say that to myself, it makes me look for the joy in the moment. And it's been really, really beautiful and a really helpful practice because each time I say it, I feel myself come into my heart. And then from that heart space, I see these moments of joy. So Mm -hmm. using the example of, you know, laying with, I lay with my little ones while they fall asleep for bedtime. And it's a time when 
I love it. I really love that those bedtime moments. But anytime we're still for me, anytime I'm still, my my mind is not like my mind can be yeah. kind of racing and thinking about okay, after they fall asleep, I still have to do this, this, and this, or what do we need to do for tomorrow? And just, you know, running down those lists mm-hmm. and overthinking. And then I say this mantra to myself and I feel myself come into my heart. And then I like look at their sweet, sleepy faces yeah. and I listen to their breathing and I feel the joy in the moment. And the presence. And the, the presence. presence. And it's been so helpful. And there's a lot of really beautiful practices in this book, but that mantra has been really so helpful to me over the past few weeks. And it's kind of been a direct answer to those questions that we were asking in presence and playfulness of how do we get out of our heads? How do we come into our hearts? How do we stay connected to the joy throughout the day? And yeah, this kind of mantra just came in and answered some of those questions. And it's been really nice. I you know, I'm still in my head a lot, but it's been making me notice when I am and it's given me like a really clear way to shift it. And so I just really wanted to share that with you because it was a follow-up to our conversation that we had and I wanted to recommend this book and a lot of the practices in it and share that mantra because it's been really, really helpful to me over the past couple of weeks. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that and yeah. for reading the mantra. I think that reading the mantra really helps to feel it. Yeah. And it's a really much more, I mean, it's it's such a more heart-centered, yes, way of of approaching it and less intellectual. Like you can meditate, but if you're intellectualizing it, that's not actually going to help. But if you're feeling it, like you can actually drop down that's I I could totally use something like that yeah my meditation practice yeah and it's been really cool too because so I've been using that little mantra to shift my consciousness into my heart when I'm on my mat too because you know even when we're doing asana yoga practice for me, I can find I'm still in my head and I'm kind of going mm-hmm. through the motions. And I'll say that to myself and I feel myself like really come into my heart, into my body and be really present on my mat. And then it's so nice because I've been really trying to find ways. I have been working on making more space for my yoga practice and and I've been somehow magically waking up before the kids and kind of like hopping on my mat first thing in the morning for like 20 minutes before the busyness of the day starts. Mm -hmm. And that's been really helpful. But where's off fast? (laughs) You know, like once you get into the really um, hectic parts of the day, it's so helpful to have that practice, you know, really formal practice of meditation or of yoga because it's a place to practice these things. But then I was feeling like I would get into my day and I hadn't nothing to kind of go back to. And so Mm -hmm. this has been a practice that I can do in any moment because I just say it to myself. It's an anchor. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's been an anchor throughout my day in any busy moment where I can just feel myself shift back into my heart. And I haven't really had anything like that before. So I just really wanted to share it. And I really think that's so nice that and the focusing on the joy. And I really do believe the more you focus on something, the more it it's brought into your life. So if you're focusing on joy all day, I mean, as you as you remember to, 
you're going to experience joy so many more times every day than you would if you weren't even thinking about it at all because you're actually looking for it and you're paying attention. Exactly. And it's really made me more aware too of when I am in those overthinking moments, like actually noticing it rather than just kind of being in in that state and not even noticing because I do have this shift. So now I know that it, know what it feels like. And so I notice and I'm like, oh, okay, what what's happening here? Oh, and then I just say the mantra and I really feel a shift. So um you're just as you said, like it's allowed me to come back to joy so much more throughout the day to have this little practice. And it's so simple. It's just kind of a little sentence that or two sentences that I've just been saying to myself and it's made a really big shift. And I'm sure I'll continue with these realizations and I'll keep sharing them. And yeah, um, yeah it's been really nice. So I, I really just wanted to get, share. Look at that book. Yes, it's so good. So there's um, an audio version as well, but I think it's abridged. So I started listening to the audio version and it's really, really good. And, and she has a very nice voice um, and the author – narrates it, which I love. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I really wanted to like hold it in my hand because you can see the sutras and read them. And it's written in a really nice way. And there's, uh, as I was saying, there's kind of like an experience to go with a lot of the sutras so you can experience them in your lives, which has obviously really been working for me because that's where I got that little practice from. So, and it's really, really cool. I like how it has such a feminine perspective. I'm really finding myself able to embody the sutras and the practices more than I have when I've kind of dove into yoga philosophy in the past. Yeah. All for the feminine approaches to those things. There's n- yes. there's not enough of it, especially yeah. in the yoga world. Yeah. And she talks about that, that most of the translations of the yoga sutras are just from a male perspective. And mm-hmm. And so I think it's really cool that she went all in. She didn't just translate them as a female, but she translated them in a really feminine way, heart-centered, intuitive way. And I think that that doesn't mean that it's just for women. I think men could even connect with this translation more too in some ways. So mm-hmm. because it just is so heart-centered and it just so clearly, I think for me allows it me to get balance. out of my head, and it's yeah. so balanced. It's a balanced. Yeah, approach to all the, you know, the masculine approaches to things. You need more feminine viewpoints. And perspectives. Yeah, it's really cool. And she talks about um, how in many teachings of ancient cultures, they describe the heart. And not not the head, but the heart embracing thoughts and feelings. And so the heart being this really place of intelligence and intuition and emotion. And that in our culture, it's not really, you know, talked about that way. It's a little bit different. And so that's really why she chose to use consciousness and heart instead of mind and thoughts and to kind of introduce that into our culture in a different way. Because in our modern culture, we often separate the head and the heart, feelings and thoughts, or even kind of polarize them against each other and and Mm -hmm. don't see it as integrated. And so 
it's just a really cool approach and it's connecting with me a lot more and I'm able to really be weaving these things throughout my day rather than reading them and being and like being so confused because that's kind of happened to right. me in the past. Um, it just You're feels very embodied. Them, yeah. Putting them to work in your life. Yes. In yes. your day-to-day life. Yeah. I'm so glad you found that. Thank you. Yeah. I I love a good book share. <laughs> yes. Um and so yeah, I and I really have been returning to the study of yoga in a way and so maybe I'll be sharing more about that. We'll see how it all comes awesome. together. Yeah. I think that all started with your trip to Kripalu, right? It did. Yeah. Yeah, I got to spend a few days at Kripalu recently. And it really reinvigorated my yoga practice. And I am really grateful for that um, because it was something that was missing for sure. And I, even though I've been really committed to getting on my mat a lot, and it's kind of my like lifeline (laughs) to have those um, few minutes of yoga practice, like the asana practice, it kind of reinvigorated my interest to keep studying and keep learning and to really be devoted to my yoga practice in a different way and to think about maybe teaching again in the near future and just kind of was something that I was on a certain path, you know, before having babies and was really deeply studying yoga. And then I haven't stopped practicing and, you know, I've even done some teaching. I did, I've done prenatal yoga and postnatal yoga and kind of taught in ways that really fit into my new mom life the past few years. And mm-hmm. I've loved that and also wove in my interests in um, pregnancy and birth and um, postpartum and all of that. I was able to really connect that in through my yoga teaching. And then, but I haven't taught. I'm, in a while now, since before I was pregnant with Aiden. So we'll see. We'll see where it all goes. But it's been really fun to kind of dive back in and feel reconnected to my yoga practice on a larger scale. That's great. Yeah. It's really good. So that's kind of what's been – that's what I was really wanting to share with you. But I'm Mm -hmm. so curious. You have a story that same. We've gotten like little teasers. We've been giving each other little teasers of these kind of things that have been on our hearts the past couple of weeks, but I would love to hear a little bit about the special story that you have. Yeah. So since we've talked last, I took a road trip. Well, first of all, we took a road trip to North Carolina with the kids and nine hours. I'm so inspired. I'm so inspired. Nine hours down, and then four hours we went down to Raleigh to my sister-in-law's, and then we stayed there for a couple of days, and then we took another drive four hours east to the Outer Banks and in North Carolina, and that's where my little cousin – little, she's not little, she's <laughs> – but to me, she'll always be my little cousin mm-hmm. – she got married And she's a very special person to me. Her 
father is my dad's little brother by 11 months and they're so close. They're like best friends and brothers and my dad Aww. has 10 brothers and sisters. So there was I a didn't lot of, know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He has 10 brothers and sisters, five boys and five girls. And so everyone came to this wedding. Mostly everyone made it. Yeah, we were really excited for the wedding and how many years ago was it now? So it's 2023. So 12 years ago, her sister passed away and this time of year and just a very tragic accident in my family. And I was really close with her. She was like, we were partners in crime. Mm -hmm. We were she was just a very, very special person to me and to everyone in the family. She's kind of like the light of our family. You know when someone walks in the room and like they're the light? Yeah. That's what she always, always was. And so this time of year, that anniversary is the 16th and her wedding is on the 19th. And she also – I hope it's okay that I'm talking about her, her life like this, but she also just got her – doctorate in physical therapy from Duke, which is so cool. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So this is a big week for her. So we were at the wedding and and this time of year is always, you know, it's hard it's hard just thinking about it. But I thought it was so cool that now she's gonna have her wedding anniversary, which is such a happy, happy thing to have. And we're at the wedding and my cousin Nikki is her name and she always shows has shown up in rainbows since she's passed so even I think like even after her services when we were driving back to after the um the funeral and driving back to the service the what is it called like an after the dinner after mm -hmm. there was this big rainbow over top of it um like just like framing the building and ever since then any kind of anniversaries or like the her the first birthday I remember my uncle Frankie's first birthday after there was a big rainbow and it's just always shown up on these occasions just I mean not randomly but you yeah. know synchronistically and and even there's been a couple times like one time I remember I was driving back it was Mother's Day weekend years ago, and I took my mom to a Pema Chodron retreat. Well, I went to the retreat in Vermont, and she stayed at – she just hung out, but uh -uh. I went to the retreat, and that was a very – I mean, I was so excited to be there, but we sat in meditation for like two days straight, so it was a very contemplative couple of days, so – you know, processing a lot of stuff. And it was also around that time of the anniversary. And then I was driving by myself. I was driving home from Vermont. And then there was this crazy rainstorm. And it was, I'm not very good at driving in the rain, but there was this crazy rainstorm. I called <laughs> my mom. My God, this is what I do sometimes when I'm driving. I call them and I'm like, help me. <laughs> they're like pull over <laughs> and then so I think I ended up actually pulling over but then after that there was this beautiful rainbow that showed up <gasps> and you know just I just had like full body chills and it's just it's just the rainbow has been this continuous sign and so the day of the wedding the weather wasn't looking very good it was very rainy and she was supposed to have her wedding out on this beautiful pier in the ocean like that was how the whole setup was 
and it was looking like it was like a hundred percent chance of rain. <laughs> so we were all preparing for that and they actually did move the wedding inside. And then in my head, I was thinking like, well, it's raining all day. So you know what that means. There's there's probably going to be a rainbow, but I didn't say it out loud and I didn't really let myself like think it. Like, you know, I didn't want to like, I don't know. I didn't want to be disappointed. Yeah. I know that she was probably disappointed that there was rain. Obviously, it changes. You've been planning this for so long. She's been planning it for so long and then it has to go inside. And so she had her ceremony, which was beautiful. And they had the speeches and everything. And it hadn't been mentioned, you know, we didn't, no one was talking about it. But I think everyone just knew that everyone was thinking about her and that she wasn't there. And I remember for my wedding, I was so sad that Mm. she wasn't there, you know, she probably would have been my maid of honor. And I remember I was so sad that she wasn't there. And my dad even mentioned it in his speech and things, but I think it was almost so close to home that it didn't even need to be mentioned. And I love them so much. But so that happened. We had the speeches and then there was like kind of like the the break between the speeches and then everyone was having dinner. And then all of a sudden the rain stopped. And I think they brought Alex and her her husband, Brandon, out for pictures because it was the rain had finally stopped and they were trying to get pictures. And then all of a sudden this little snippet of a rainbow started to appear right on the coast as the sun was setting. And and I I don't know who saw it first, but it just started to appear. And then one by one, people started to run in and be like, because our whole family knows this. They all, because that's how much has happened. And one by one, people were coming out onto the pier to watch it. And it was just growing bigger and bigger and bigger and brighter. And slowly, it probably took like, I don't even know, a half hour or 45 minutes, but eventually it came, it went into this huge rainbow. It was a double rainbow across the whole entire ocean as the sun was setting. And everyone was just like holding each other and crying. I mean, everyone out there was just like crying and holding each other. And it was a really amazing experience and I think everyone just loved her so much and we all just it was a mixture of of disbelief but also knowing like of course like of course this was going to happen it wouldn't she this special day wouldn't have passed by without something special like this happening and yeah, I was just so happy for my cousin that that happened on her special day and for my uncle and um my aunt Michelle like and my and her and her other sister. Just I don't know. It, it was I was in awe. It, that was that's the feeling mm. that I can think of. Like I was in complete awe because it's happened so many times. But you know, you can kind of convince yourself like, oh, well, you know, is that just a coincidence or, you know, but this was, there was no questioning it. I mean, it was just incredible. And the experience of my whole family being out there and just kind of grieving and processing that together was something I've never, I don't know. And it's like 12 years later, you know? 
Yeah. But those things never really, that love never goes away. And yeah, we were just all just like, can you believe this? Can you believe this? You know, and it was so beautiful. And it just really, I don't know, it made me just really sit with the fact that everything is so connected. And I really don't have words for it yet, but it's definitely made me just think more about connecting to that place, whatever that is, wherever that rainbow is, how can I connect to that place? Because that is truly how miraculous life is and how miraculous these things are. It's not a coincidence. Like it's all connected in some way and that her spirit and all of the other people that have left, they're like still here somehow. Like we're just all connected and the rainbow was just the most unreal symbol of that. I mean, it looked like you were looking into another dimension of of like, you know, heaven or whatever you call it. It looked like that's what you were looking into because it was over the ocean and the sun was setting. And yeah, I'm just really grateful for that experience. And I'm grateful that she's she's still here sending those little signs to us that it's okay. You can all go have fun and party and dance now. Like I really felt like that was like she said that and then we could all take a deep breath and let that go and then go celebrate the rest of the night. And it was really magical. It was magical. Yeah. Yeah. Magical and miraculous. There's no other way to describe it. I have goosebumps, like full body goosebumps. And we're going to need to post the picture because it is and like that little video that you took because it is it is it is otherworldly the yeah. way that it looks yeah. like thank you so much for sharing that and i'm so excited like that i got to hear the full story Aww. um we've been talking about it and you've shared with me about nikki before and i just the vision of your whole family like looking out over the ocean at this rainbow and having this moment of feeling her presence so deeply is just like I don't it's it's so worth sharing with everybody because it is a miracle it is and I feel like that is her who she was like we could all feel it again like we could feel her light shining down on us and like how beautiful she is like that's how it felt like you could feel the essence of her Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. And, you know, it's really hard when you lose someone and you can't really feel that essence again because you're not in their presence anymore. But you can have these little reminders that bring you back to how they made you feel or how you felt when you were with them. And, yeah, I think that we all were just so grateful to be there and to experience it together. And like everyone was just going from person to person and hugging like, oh, (laughs) going to the next person and hugging and going to the next person and hugging. And I mean, that's some sort of experience that you can never, it's hard to explain how, how much an experience like that can have an impact on you. 
Yeah. And I really appreciate you sharing it because I think it was such a important moment for your family, but I, listening to you just now share that and being so vulnerable, I think that somebody out there needs to hear this right now that mm-hmm. wasn't there with your family that day yeah. that also lost someone important yeah. in their lives. And I think that I think that that's part of this. I think that part of that rainbow also is meant to be shared even further and part of that love that your family has for each other and we can share it even further. And so I really, really, truly believe that that story that you just shared is going to fall on somebody's ears that really needs to hear it. So thank you. Thank you for sharing it. I know it it has brought me so much light. Yeah. I wanted to share it. I really have gotten to a place where I like to, where whoever it is that you've lost, I really believe in like celebrating them and thinking about them. Like last year I planted those seashell cosmos for her. Yeah. And it's just, it's a heartfelt way of experiencing it and for celebrating their life and, and what they meant to you. And I really love doing things like that. And it's really helped me to just have the reminder of, you know, the way that she was as a as a person, like those beautiful pink flowers, and all of a sudden they they bloomed the highest, like on her birthday, of course. So those little things, like paying attention to those little magical moments just make things feel like this life is so much bigger than we even know. Like we're so small in the, in the scheme of this universe of, of what's happening. Yeah. And There's you're so much magic to look for. Oh my goodness. Yes. And you're so generous with sharing these things with me. And now with our listeners, like I remember when you, I remember when you planted the cosmos and I remember when they bloomed and, you know, I never got to know your cousin. My cousins are so dear to me in my life. I, cousins are, it's such a special relationship, but mm-hmm. then I get the magic, right? Like you share the magic with me and then, you know, I get to believe in those things and it's just like, it kind of has a way of spreading yeah. these little magic magical miracles in these moments. And so I just really appreciate that you are always looking for those signs and always sharing them and that we all get to now kind of experience this magic that your family holds and that Nikki shared with that double rainbow on that day. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. It's so, I still have goosebumps, like just like all of my legs and my arms and oh my goodness. My mouth was so wide agape. I was just like, oh my goodness. Like just total, complete. It's that mix of like, I was telling you in voice notes this week, it's that mix of like not knowing what it is, like not knowing where that rainbow came from, but also trusting that it is what it says it is, you know? Yeah. So it's that balance between being in the not knowing and there's something bigger and then just trusting that, okay, that rainbow is there for a reason and there's something behind it and 
you know, there is magic to be, yeah. to be seen. And yeah. It reminds me of when you said that kind of trust in the not knowing. I think that's like belief. Like that's believing. Like yeah. believing. Yes. And even if you don't know what it is that you're believing, even if it's just you're like, I believe in rainbows, right? Like yes. whatever <laughs> it is, like, yeah. you know, even if you can't necessarily identify what it is that you believe, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a loaded word, because but it's that's what it is. It's believing, even though you can't prove it or see it or name it. Mm-hmm. It's having that belief in something. Yeah, and all of those people there on the pier, they all believed that that was her. Yeah. And how cool is it that everyone – there was, you know, my uncles. There's like like men, women of all ages, and they were all just believing that that was a sign. And how cool is that? Because you really have to be vulnerable and let yeah. your guard down. and You have to let your cynicism go in those moments – and everyone was just surrendering to their belief in something bigger and something magical. And to think that so many of you have ha- probably had these more like private moments of seeing rainbows and and thinking mm-hmm. that's her and, and that's a sign. But maybe even – and maybe sharing it with a few people but also maybe like, like you said, like questioning yes. or not being sure. Yes. But like to have everyone there – at this wedding, like your whole family there, like everybody that loved her so much in one place is like undeniable at that point. Yeah. I was just thinking of the word undeniable. You yeah. cannot deny this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. I love that story so much. This was such a great way to catch up, <laughs> to share these really things that have been on our hearts. And that's what we do. That's what we like to share with each other is what's in our hearts and it just really helps us get through. So we yeah. hope that that comes through for you all this week. Yeah. And we'd love to hear any stories maybe that you guys have of these magical moments of undeniable belief, you know, share with us. We'd love yeah. to hear. Or if you're looking to uh, study the yoga sutras more, you can uh, look into this book that Janelle has. Yeah, we'll link it in the show notes. And I'm just curious too, what ways you all are finding to kind of come into your hearts and whether that is through witnessing a miracle or studying something or having a mantra. It's something that we're really thinking about here. So let us know. Yes, let us know. And we'll talk to you next week. Love you. Bye, Janelle. I love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hearth to Hearth. It brings us such joy to share these warm-hearted conversations with you. We would be so grateful if you could take a moment to follow, rate, review, and share Hearth to Hearth with a friend. We also want to say a huge thank you to Eavesdrop for our theme music, their amazing song, Alive, and to Danielle Vengrove of Gray Street Photography for our gorgeous cover photo. And remember, you are whole, you are enough. We love you. Talk to you soon. Fulfill.